0: So tonight I'm going to be focusing uh, primarily on uh, mindfulness of intention or what's known in the, tw- in the Eightfold Path as right intention, which we spoke a little bit about in the Q&A. But before I do that, I want to just back up a little bit and might actually bring a little bit of clarity to some of the questions that came up earlier. Um, I've been going through a series of talks, uh, starting with the Buddha's life and then uh, looking at the Four Noble Truths which is the kind of the the first teaching and the the uh, essential teachings of the Buddha and then uh, have been breaking down kind of each aspect um, and the last time that I recorded a talk was on right view or wise view and all of these talks are, are going to be online they are online so you can if you want to get caught up, you can go back or you can just go and download them anytime. There's lots of talks on Insight Insight Santa Cruz. So you know, the Four Noble Truths, the First Noble Truth. There is suffering in this world. There is suffering. It's kind of intrinsic, connected. There's a cause of the suffering. The cause of suffering is selfish and self-centered craving, craving or clinging to self identity, to uh, to well, I mean any. It's it, I mean that's basically it. The craving to self to self identity to the idea of self. Uh, this is this any kind of craving or clinging. There's this quote uh, from Buddha Dasa Bhikkhu. Nothing whatsoever should be clung to as me or mine, and to do so is suffering. Nothing whatsoever should be clung to as me or mine. So the third noble truth is that uh, there is a, a way out of this suffering, that there is suffering, right? But it's not permanent. But that we actually cause it for ourselves. We are the cause of our suffering. People don't like to hear that all the time. It's actually what I love about, about the Buddhist teaching. Because it's noble in that way. Is that it's, 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 it's a truth that's spoken regardless of whether it's pleasant or not. But ultimately leads to freedom. So this third noble truth is that there's a way out. So we can look at it like this. The first noble truth is uh, there's something not quite right here. <clears throat> Who's had that experience? There's something not quite right here. The second noble truth. Why? The third noble truth. There's a way out. The fourth noble truth. Here is the path. Here is the uh, Treatment. So then the fourth noble truth is uh, known as the Eightfold Path. Uh, The Eightfold Path starts with wise view. I went through wise view a few weeks ago. Now I'm talking about wise intention. Because from the Buddhist perspective, our intention is everything. And being aware of intention is key. So I'm going to kind of unpack that for a little bit. Start with a quote from the Buddha. Beings are owners are owners of their karma, heirs of their karma, born of their karma, related to their karma, supported. By their karma. Whatever karma they do. For good or for ill. Of that they are the heirs. So what is this saying? The way we act in the world. Creates our world. This is what it's saying. So. Buddhism offers us a challenge. Is it possible possible to live a life with no suffering? Kind of the question that came up earlier. Is it possible to live a life with no suffering or free from suffering? One of the most uh, direct ways to bring ease and happiness is through this mindfulness practice. And through this mindfulness practice, uh, as we investigate our intentions, Our intentions are our karma, from the Buddhist perspective. Our intentions are our karma. The word karma actually means action. It's just very simple. Just like the word nibbana, it has a very simple uh, root. Karma has a very simple root. Action. our intentions uh, create a mind that is at ease or one that is frustrated and confused our intention the way in which we uh, uh, then you know that through intention lots can be sparked so being mindful of intention can be really helpful. In freeing the mind from suffering, our intention are the seeds to our thoughts and our actions. In giving a, attention to our intentions, we can create what you know what would be considered, from the Buddhist perspective, a favorable outcome. So we can create a favorable outcome, which basically means. Uh, Less suffering in the next moment or the next life or the next week or the next year. This is kind of what it's talked about. And uh, this is also why there's this kind of idea of we do the work now. Our action is the work now. We do the work now. And then uh, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. And you can't know. You can just do the work now. And we don't know the action from the past that caused the negative experience or positive experience, pleasant, unpleasant, or neither of the now. But all that we can do is be here. That's all that we're only alive here. There's actually no other moment that we've been alive. We bring it from the past as we relive it sometimes because maybe we avoided it in the past. Thoughts, memories, all this kind of thing. All those stories that go floating through your mind while you're trying to meditate on the breath and be relaxed and calm and peaceful. Some people call that karma. So whether you're having a pleasant mind state during meditation or a pleasant physical state is karma. Whether you're having an unpleasant physical state Or unpleasant mind state, it's karma. From the Buddhist perspective, no one gets away with anything. So our intentions are the seeds of our thoughts and actions. It's kind of like awareness. It can be like awareness is like guards at the gate. When we are aware of our intention. And we are. Not all the time. right? We can't, we can't necessarily be uh, aware of our intentions all the time. But we can try. And we can build. And we can grow. That awareness. So being aware of our intentions can lead us to right action. Non-harming being at its base. So the action of non-harming. Being at the fundamental base. Really, I mean, all of the kind of... uh, Well, there's a lot of ways it can be broken down. Mindfulness. All of Buddhism can be broken down into mindful awareness. Just be mindful in every moment. Acceptance in every moment. Non-harming in every moment. Do those three things. Freedom from suffering. Sure to happen. So looking at some uh, different ways around intention. If I tell the truth as not to lie, but the truth causes others pain, my intention was to not cause pain, but to be truthful. Yet, we have to bring some discernment there, right? Discernment is, you know, uh, uh, just looking at our intention Okay, so my intention is to speak truth, but if I know that speaking truth to you is going to cause some kind of harm, then there's malice in it. Um, So we need to be aware of that. So understanding our intention doesn't mean that we still cause harm. Like my intention wasn't to cause you harm. And I've actually said this before. Well, my intention wasn't to cause you harm. And on some level, there's truth there. Right, The way it lands isn't my responsibility. But if there is some awareness that speaking truth without kindness can cause harm, then I have a responsibility. Right? One that I actually fail at quite often. But I do the best I can. So this can be very challenging, right? To be mindful of our intentions. So we experiment with different things. We can exper- experiment with like very everyday things. The intention to open a door. The intention to walk. The intention to eat food. So when we begin to just be aware of kind of very, like gross uh, experiences. Everyday experiences. Then we're building the muscle of intention. Of awareness or mindfulness of intention. Intention. You know, because it's, it, it's hard. It's hard to just jump right into, uh, I have the intention to become enlightened. And we can hold that as a, so there's like kind of everyday intentions. And I even said in the very beginning of the sit tonight, right? Bring in some intention. Acknowledge some intention for your sit this evening. Maybe it was to sit still. Maybe it was to follow the breath. And then just acknowledge whether whether that happens or not but to not cling to it. But just, we can reset a new intention in every moment. So the Buddha explained right intention as kind of threefold. The intention of, of renunciation, which uh, it really means relinquishing. And it, and it often really means relinquishing of uh, what can be called sense desire. Or relinquishing of um, craving. This is uh, one of the ways to look at the intention of renunciation. The intention of goodwill. So setting an intention to be, uh, to be good or kind. And I, I actually challenge you guys to do that for a month. Every day, set an intention to have some kindness or some goodness in your kind of uh, interactions with others. Or just with yourself totally appropriate to just start here just work with the intention whether you fall through with it or not isn't even the issue it's can I set that intention every day for 30 days that's my challenge so or uh, another intention that the Buddha talked about is the intention of harmlessness so I you know I already kind of talked about this what renunciation goodwill and harmlessness or not or non-harming so setting an intention okay so i'm just going to not cause harm that's my intention and then some harm like you might step on a bug or you know uh, cut someone off or something like that but if your intention wasn't to do it and it happens then it's like okay just be aware of that right notice or did your intention shift just just driving over here, you know. This weekend's been crazy, right? Driving. Anyone had that experience? And my intention was to get through town without getting in an accident or losing my temper. I didn't get in an accident. <laughs> I and I just, I, didn't, I just, you know, I was on my motorcycle, so it was pretty easy to navigate, but. Still, there was like, oh, man, all these people coming into Santa Cruz. And there was this, this tightness around it. And then, oh, yeah, what's my intention? Not get in an accident. Not get upset. So then I just reset. Reset. Just like when the mind wanders off and you recognize that it's gone. Mm-hmm. And just reset. Aim it back to the breath. Same idea. Reset, use the intention as a, a guide through the day. So, uh, obviously, this is a little bit obvious, right? But the, um, the, th- the three kind of parallel kinds of wrong intention is intention governed by unwholesome desire. So this is like kind of feeding the unwholesome desire. So there's, and I'll get to that in a minute, what's called wholesome and unwholesome desire, which is a little bit, and then craving arises. Uh, towards wholesome or unwholesome desire. Actually, craving can arise. But it's a little bit more complicated. But let's we'll get into that. So unwholesome desire. Uh, intention governed by ill will. Right? And this is like where that malice comes in. Like I know I could say something to hurt you and I'm going to say it. Very different than my intention is to not cause harm. And then I say something with the intention wasn't to cause harm, but it does. But it, it does cause harm. Right? There's a difference there. Karmically, there's a difference there. So, and then the intention governed by harmfulness. Right? There are quite a few people that intentionally cause harm. They want to, not because they. Uh, uh, enjoy it necessarily. Sometimes, you know, because we get so uh, deluded. This is what the, what the Buddha talked about around, around delusion. Misguided. Ignorant of the karmic effects. So this is where bring, bringing mindfulness to our intention can be so helpful. And it's the second. The first is right view. Pay attention to your view. The second is uh, wise intention or right intention? So, from the Buddhist perspective, you know these ways of looking at kind of harmlessness and um, goodwill and renunciation. Renunciation gets a bad rap, it really does, because it's. There, it feels like it's this not having. You have to avoid. And it's really, I like to think about it as relinquishing. What are we, if we relinquish negative states, that means give it up. If we relinquish uh, kind of covetousness, greediness, what do we get in return? A sense of abundance, maybe? If I'm constantly worried about not having enough, all the time. And that's where my mind is consumed. Not having enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Don't have enough. Right? We're in this kind of this state. By relinquishing greed, for example. Or miserliness is one of the ways that it's talked about in the suttas. What do we gain? Contentment. Abundance. See, we're taught in this country, and other countries too, it's not just this country, but get as much as you can all the time. And maybe share it a little bit, but only if there's something you can get in return. And sometimes there's this, you know, from religious perspectives, um, just, yeah, cont- you know, if you can give for the sake of giving, what do you gain? And that's huge in, this, in, in uh, Buddhism as well. What can you gain from giving? So being uh, mindful of that and the intention around goodwill, around uh, relinquishing, and around uh, harmlessness. Or blamelessness is another way to look at it. So from the Buddhist perspective, there's what's called ten unwholesome courses of action. Uh, from the Pali language called akusala, which I, like, I just like the word. Uh, ten unwholesome courses of action. Deeds which kind of originate from what's called the defilements of greed, hatred, and delusion. So I gave a talk a while ago calling it the 10, the 5, the 3, and the 1. Was anyone here for that? So this is starting with the 10: the 10 unwholesome actions. So, and there are, right, killing, stealing, sexual misconduct, uh, lying, slander. Harsh speech, useless talk, covetousness, ill will, and false views. Killing. From the Buddhist perspective, you take life, there is negative karmic momentum created from the taking of life. That's 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 the universal truth within Buddhism. Stealing, if you are uh, uh, taking that which is not offered, that's, that which is not freely given, then there is some karmic momentum, some negative uh, mental and or life circumstance that may take place. Ask yourself if you've, I used to be a total klepto. Ask yourself uh, if you have done that in your life. Is there a karmic? Has there been karmic momentum from that, internal or external? Yeah. Sexual misconduct. Do I even have to get into that? How much suffering has been caused for ourselves and for others around relationships, around sex, around sexuality? So misconduct, from the Buddhist perspective, uh, from the non-monastic Buddhist perspective, means not causing harm. With our sexual energy. Not using our sexual energy to oppress, to control, to deceive. Being honest. That's what it means. Being clear. Lying, slander, harsh speech. I think we've all probably experienced both ends of that. Useless talk. Useless talk is an interesting one. Because from the Buddhist perspective, you know, there's this idea of noble silence. And what that means is to not speak unless you have something that is of benefit. And this is a great thing to be mindfulness, To be mindful. To not speak unless there is something of benefit to say. Or something that carries maybe the conversation further or the hearts and minds of others further. I once um, did an experiment with this with intention. The intention, and I did it at school, right? Because you know, we're in these lectures and you know the, the professor is trying to be all smart. And then I'm trying to show or others are trying to show. No, I actually know this too. And you know this and I know this. And it's this whole me, me, me. I, I, I. Right. I'm paying the my, for my education you know I did this whole thing so I started to be mindful of my intention when I had something to say during a lecture and if it had some kind of negative or uh, some kind of you know meaning I just wouldn't and it became like, it was like my practice. You know, was, I was all proud of myself. I, wow, I went, I went an hour without interrupting the professor. <laughs> and then noticing the intention to want to do so. It was so huge. I had a, uh, there was this, um, we'll just call her a sister. She's a nun, not fully, she's not fully ordained, but she's a nun. And she uh, came from the uh, kind of university background, too. And she was talking, or at work, you know, this is a corporate world, too. It's huge. But there's this, (laughs) there's the mass exodus. (laughs) I know, it's rough. (laughs) I keep thinking about what you guys wanted to get, some kind of shades. Maybe someone, if you guys want to donate some shades, we'll pull down. Mm, So uh, this, her her name is Sister Santusica. And uh, she talked about um, be, like the, the, kind of that same thing, but noticing, yeah, her intention to want to be seen in a, in a group and recognized and just noticing that for herself. And it became a practice where uh, she just wouldn't, she would just sit and listen and maybe take notes, but bring her, her, uh, her attention inward and noticing the intention to want to be seen. And maybe I don't know, be smart or something. And she said it was a profound practice. I agree. It was really, uh, it's really helpful for me. There's one more thing? Oh, um, one of uh, the teachers, really old, a kind of older, well-known teacher, Joseph Goldstein. Um, talked once around this kind of useless talk and uh, slander, kind of all of these um, slander and harsh speech, that he made a commitment for a year to not speak about anyone that wasn't directly in his presence. And the, and so what would happen is that as, as he was telling the story, he would find himself in a group of people where people are like, oh, and then so and so, and he would have to walk away. And he noticed that about forty or fifty percent of his conversations he didn't take part of. Because of how much and it was just, you know, it's not like he was like, You need to not talk about other people, you know. This was just his own personal practice around intention. So important. So these are see, these are really practical examples. Covetousness, ill will, false view. Mindfulness of intention. So contrary to these, uh, you know, ten, or contrary to the unwholesome, the akusala is what's called kusala, right? Ten bases of merit, deeds which spring from the virtuous qualities of non-attachment. So clinging, suffering, non-clinging, non-attachment, same idea. Goodwill. Uh, so this is these virtuous qualities spring from non-attachment, goodwill, and wisdom, and generate kind of wholesome karmic momentum. Is the idea? Right? So generosity. We have talked about this a little bit. Morality. Uh, meditation. Reverence. Service. Uh, transference of merit. This means kind of like. Uh, like, I've done some good in, in the world or for the day or some good. And then actually kind of dedicating that to others. You know? So it's really, it's an internal uh, release, relinquishing. So rejoicing in the good deeds of others. This is considered meritorious, uh, wholesome. Rejoicing in the good deeds of others. Instead of maybe being envious or uh, jealous. I wish I would have wrote that book. (laughs) Hearing the Dharma. Just hearing the Dharma by itself is supposed to be, um, is is said to have been and said to be uh, a way of creating goodness. Merit can just be considered goodness. So expounding the Dharma, teaching the Dharma, and straightening out one's views. These are considered the ten wholesome actions as taught by the Buddha. So there's recognizing the unwholesome and turning our attention towards the wholesome. Wholesome. And, you know, there's this story around this intention stuff that happened before the Buddha's enlightenment. This is one of his major insights before he became fully awakened, right? Fully enlightened. Is that he began to notice in his own mind through mindful awareness. Oh, there is certain mind states that arise that when followed lead to unpleasant results. Akusala. unwholesome Actions, unwholesome thoughts, unwholesome mind states. And so he began to divide. Oh, in his own mind, he began to divide. Oh, this particular, you know, uh, hearing the Dharma or being generous or uh, being kind. Transference of merit, having reverence. Actually led to wholesome states in his mind, an increasing of wholesome states. So we give attention to our intentions, right, as a way to guard ourselves from creating negative karmic momentum and living in a good way. Because from the Buddhist perspective. Uh, Nibbana is this relinquishing or, well, what did I say earlier? Extinguishing of the flame. Relinquishing the need to have things be other than they are. Because things are as they are. Pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. And it's when we try to... Kind of make things happen. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't have to have that we have, we obviously we have to have effort. Okay? Can't just wish to be happy. It's actually not that helpful. We need to do some work. Can't just want to be free from suffering. We actually have to look at our wholesome and unwholesome actions. But if we can begin to so from this this perspective from this buddhist perspective if we can begin to be mindful of our intention throughout the day throughout the week throughout our life for the next 30 days find one thing to try to be mindful of as far as intention goes and see where that takes you just like the buddha did he began to kind of separate oh this is un this is unwholesome unhelpful so i'm going to disregard this greed miserliness Covetousness, envy, anger. This is wholesome; leads to positive results. So I'm going to increase this. But it's a moment-to-moment experience, and then the, the the other piece is to have compassion when we don't fall through, right? Like when I was driving, my intention was to not get upset, and then I would find myself cutting through cars and being like, "Go home." You know, not really yelling, but I wanted to. The the intention arose, and I chose not to, seeing that it was unwholesome. All right, well, this is about all I have for today on mindfulness of intention. And it's really, it's a practice, right? We could talk about it all day long. But my, my suggestion is maybe in the morning, or for the next 30 days, or for the next week, or for the rest of your life. (laughs) Set some intention and then bring mindful awareness to it again and again. See what happens. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit DharmaSeed.com